Being a startup must be a nervy business right now. The global economy is fragile, with many of the assumptions we held just six months ago turned on their head. Some sectors have become virtual investment no-go areas. Markets are highly volatile. We'll talk to a man who's having to navigate all of that. Saeed Amidi is the CEO and founder of Plug and Play, one of the world's leading startup accelerators. You've invested in over a thousand companies, which is, seems extraordinary number to keep track of. Some of the, the well-known names, N26, PayPal, Dropbox, you even rented offices to Google when they were a tiny company. Um, what, what can you say is, the, is a sort of common thread with all the successes that you've had? What, what do you think you've seen in these companies early on that perhaps other people didn't? Uh, you know, the, in general, I believe the greatest entrepreneurs are, of course, brilliant, smart, and uh, but they are also incredibly passionate and uh, they can attract a team that is just as talented as they are. And then they uh, stay focused and solve a real problem. You know, specifically, if you say Dropbox, uh, this Drew and Arash, you know, solved a very basic uh, challenge of file sharing in the easiest way possible. It kind of reminds me of Zoom because there has been WebEx, there has been, you know, Google product, Microsoft product, but Zoom came about and made it incredibly simple. I am sorry that I missed Zoom, uh, you know, a few years ago when it was founded. But in general, I believe these entrepreneurs that are super successful they solve a real world problem. And most of the time, it's something they had to deal with themselves. And during the process, they build a great company. So I was going to ask you about whether you think there's a new dawn in Silicon Valley, that this is kind of changing everything. But from what you're saying, it doesn't sound like that's necessarily true because Silicon Valley was already heavily digitally focused. But you're saying that there's also still room for some businesses that aren't just software businesses. So would you say that, you know, to a certain extent, this hasn't changed an awful lot? No, uh, I, I think if it has not changed, uh, some of the businesses are actually accelerating because of COVID, you know, like touchless checkout, uh, you know, mobile banking, uh, so some of the businesses like the e-commerce, last mile delivery, and uh, you know what is the safest way to deliver product. Some people in Silicon Valley say that this digital transformation for the right product, uh, some using e-commerce for an example, it took ten years to go to roughly between ten to twelve percent of for example, grocery delivery. But the next uh, 10 to 12% happened in three months. So it really exaggerated how you buy grocery and products. And quite frankly, I don't believe we go back to the previous. Some things may go back, but some uh, purchases, some habits will be here forever. And, you know, I am an old fashioned guy and I really believe in people coming to work every morning and I'm really famous 
to have a 7.30 morning meeting with some of our verticals with almost the whole team in our auditorium. And this past three months, we have done everything virtually and it is working really well. So even somebody as old fashioned as Saeed may say there is uh, possibilities of remote working and the possibility of collaborating in smaller teams and bigger teams, even if you're not physically in one room. So some things will change forever. And uh, I think the way we work is one of them. Uh, you, you've talked about funding issues for some companies. Are you seeing, um, is that because of nervousness from investors? Or is that because you think that some companies, some startups now are just left with a business model that's outdated? Or is it a mixture of that? It's, I would say it's a mixture of that. And also it is difficult to build new relationships and uh, you could almost say new funding because after all, personally, I love to meet the entrepreneur and show the team to my other corporate partners and my co-investor VCs. So this used to all happen uh, at one of our, you know, events, selection day or expo or one of our pitch sessions, we call it. And to mimic that remotely, it's a little bit more difficult. But let's say that uh, T-Care, which I talked about, we had met them twice before. And when they re-presented at our summer summit, we loved the company and the progress they made. And we decided to invest in them. So the, if there is some sort of touch, some sort of relationship from the past, it's really game as usual. But to build new connections, new relationships, I think is a little bit tougher right now. You know, we, we have our regular, what we call deal flows with our VCs and corporate partners. And now we have breakout rooms after the pitch session that if you want to meet one-on-one -on -one with the startup or a VC after the pitch session you requested. Again, it is working, but it's a lot different than when we were physically in our Sunnyvale office. Interesting. Um, can I ask you about communications? That's obviously something that we as a company care about a lot. Um, how important is a, is a strong narrative, a strong storyline nowadays? You know, is, is that something you always look for as one of the sort of top three criteria when you meet a company for the first time? A good elevator pitch? Oh, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, right now, without being able to meet many of your customers and investors face to face, you must almost over communicate. And more specifically, your elevator pitch or your uh, specific uh, focus has to be more because it's a little tougher to communicate that through digital world. So I would say you have your ideas and your presentations have to be even more crisp and more focused. But as I said, during every challenge, there is opportunities 
and some of the best companies in the world are born and built during challenging times. You, you came from Iran originally and you couldn't go back or after the revolution in 79. So you're, you made your, your name and your world in the US. So you're proof of the American dream. But on the other hand, you're an ethnic minority. So I guess, Saeed, that you're also aware that the dream is more alive for some people in the US than it is for others. Absolutely. I believe, uh, you know, more than 50% of the startups that we back are entrepreneurs that immigrated to this country. There is a very big group of Indian population that are doing incredibly well. If you take Microsoft, Google, IBM, now it, they are all run by Indian president CEOs. And that is not an accident. The Indian population have been in software business as long as I can remember. And they are great, hardworking uh, entrepreneurs. And other than just starting great companies that we help to fund or accelerate, even in the corporate world, I would say 50% of the IT department or innovation team is immigrant uh, population. And I, I, I really think that's what part of why America and Silicon Valley exist. And it's great. It's because of that drive, hard work, and the engineering background of immigrants. But on the other hand, the Black Lives Matter movement in the US is 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 real it's gathering pace it's resonating with many people and are you also aware of as someone from a, an ethnic minority in the us that there is still much more work to be done oh. for places like silicon valley and and the economic dream to be fully inclusive absolutely absolutely you know i have a very young workforce the average age is under 30 and to my team, this uh, Black Lives Matters, it's much, much more relevant and inclusive. So we did take last Friday off uh, and we did participate in three different uh, nonprofits that uh, help education and help bring equality. And uh, again, it always been important to me as an immigrant that uh, have equality and equal opportunity for everybody. But now with all of the movement of this Black Lives Matter, it's much more present, much more actionable. And uh, I, I really look forward to great results. Um, are you an optimist or a pessimist? I guess if you're a, 
repeat early stage investor. You have to be an optimist. No, no, I am extremely optimist and almost sometimes to a fault. You know, I, I feel we go through life every day and it's your choice to go through it with the optimistic lens. It, I think it's just prettier even if sometimes you fail and you, you know, lose money or lose a company, but it's a much more beautiful life if you go through it with the optimistic lens rather than pessimistic. So I'm an extreme optimist, as everybody around me tells me. That's, that's a great note to end on. Saeed, thank you so much for our conversation. It's been great fun. It's great talking um, to you, Dominic, and look forward to coming out of this uh, challenging time stronger, better, and with a better world, more empathy and more equality. Thank you. And for more episodes in this, our podcast series, Global Thinking, visit our website, kexcnc.com, or visit Spotify or iTunes. Thank you for listening.